welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. We're now part of, uh, exclusively part of the SU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And wow, what an honor today uh, to introduce our co-host for today's show, Andrew Gard. Andrew and his wife, Christina, are lead pastors at Grace City Church in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, also former campus pastors That's here right. at, at right. Southeastern. And then uh, we go way back to uh, at Northwest University, Absolutely. where you were a student and and, and I was a dean, but man, it's an honor to welcome you to the show today. Thanks for coming. Uh, so glad to be with you, man. I, we wouldn't be in Lakeland if it wasn't for you and Southeastern, and uh, yeah, Southeastern's a big part of our journey for sure. Wow, we love you and we're grateful for you. On today's episode, I, I want us to talk about things that um, you know you've learned over the past few years now as, mm. as, a, as a lead pastor. But I want to start with, of course, the most recent season all of us have, have, have had to go through. Like most people in the world, COVID has forced us to mm. you know, change the way we approach our systems yep. uh, and ways of operating. Uh, and, and I know it's, it's required the uh, church to be more creative in their approach to you know, preaching the gospel. Yep. Uh, so h- talk to me about what it's been like to pastor through a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't train you for this in right, Bible college. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it was it was really interesting. You know, I, I was kind of like everybody at the very beginning. You know, once things started to shut down in kind of early mid March, I thought, oh man, okay, we'll take a breather for four weeks yeah. and we'll be back. Sure. Yeah. And a year this later, we're still navigating right. the implications of that. Um, I think what it did is a couple things. One is I think it forced us. Um, to be really, really great at obviously the online stuff. Uh, you know, I think I had actually been hesitant. In fact, we didn't have a live stream before COVID. Okay. And for us, that was kind of intentional because I had this vibe of I, I want people to be in the room. Sure. We podcasted and YouTube channeled and all that kind of stuff on Monday, but but we were kind of hesitant. And I actually had uh, a mentor, uh, Dino Rizzo was actually yeah. the one uh, that came uh, even before COVID and said, what's going on at Gray City is amazing and you need to give people access to it. And so I was a little convicted and and we were actually starting to go, okay, we're going to start live streaming. And then COVID happened and it kind of forced us into something that I'd been a little uh, hesitant to um, and things of that nature. But um, I'll tell you what, uh, on our staff, you know, people uh, that that are in that world really earn their paycheck. It was was amazing how um, the most important people on your staff dramatically shifted pretty quickly. um, And and those people were working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, making sure the content was great. And one of the things we tried to do is we didn't try to do the same thing every week, like the same sort of format every week. We really wanted to mix it up. And so there were times where we did worship in the studio, in our music studio. And then there's times where we would do it, um, you know, on our platform to make it feel like a Sunday. And so we kind of wanted to mix it up. We didn't want people watching the same uh, flow or the same thing every single week. And so um, those were some really innovative things. And then the other big thing for us was how do we provide care for people? Yeah. Um, that was a huge deal because how do you provide care for people that you can't get to? Mm. And so that was something that we had to really think through um, in terms of how do we connect people via online and then how do we get the resources to people that, you know, that need it, people that have lost their jobs, people that were in the food industry. And I just thought it was a great opportunity for our church um, to actually you know, when people come and they give their tithes and offerings, um, we actually got to do what they did in Acts, which was, man, we got to pay people's bills hmm. who couldn't work. 
And I think it was a, a great opportunity for the church to step up, literally financially. Um, oftentimes, we give to organizations. Right. It was pretty unique in this way that we were giving to a lot of individuals in our church um, in order to take care of those people that did lose jobs or were hourly workers that couldn't work. And so that was a huge emphasis of ours, was beyond just great online you know, content and delivery how do we care for people? Right, and so right. th those were the two things that we were navigating. As you look back over this past year, what have you uh, learned about your leadership? Hmm. Uh, and and how, do, has, how has it changed you a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's changed me a lot. You know, I think what was interesting, not only did we have the pandemic, but then we had, you know, um, racial tensions right, and all right. of those types of things. And what was interesting is you really saw um, the value of gathering hmm. because it was hard to address, address issues through an Instagram post. Right. It was hard to address issues through a mass email from your church. Because when you do that stuff, um, there's always limited nuance in yeah. those types of things where had we been gathering, we could have been having those conversations in a face-to-face -face type of interactive way. So I, so I think for me, uh, you know, it was how do we do yes on the online stuff and how do we do that? But at the end of the day, there is just nothing like the gathering. There's yeah. nothing like, and not even the big gathering, but the city groups, the smaller right. gatherings, the coffees, uh, there's just nothing like it. And so I think for me constantly, how are we creating avenues of people to connect and interact face to face now that we find ourselves in a place where we're starting to be able to gather again yeah. and, and create those kind of spaces. Yeah. Community is powerful, yep. especially in these kinds of, of circumstances. Yep. Let's talk a, a little bit uh, about the, the incredible growth that you hmm. you guys have coming uh, at Grace City. Uh, pretty soon here, you're going to be launching a new location in Tampa. Yep. This would be your, is this kind of your first multi-site, so to speak? Yeah, um, yeah it really is. Um, well, we had had multiple uh, venues sure. uh, in Lakeland. We'd kind of done that before, but this will be like our first location outside, outside of Lakeland. And the question we'd been asking ourselves over the last few years, we, we grew really quickly. And so for us, the question was, um, what does it look like for us to multiply? There's great models out there. Um, there's you know video venues. There's right, church planting. Right. There's all that kind of stuff. And um, for me and for us personally at Gray City, I wanted to launch uh, lead pastors. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to launch um, uh, men and women that could do it on their own, but didn't want to. Right. Yeah. And, and wanted to kind of be a part of the Gray City movement and, and do it like that. And so for us, um, uh, we're, we're going to launch locations in Tampa is really our first one. And Tampa was kind of the obvious one because we have so many people that drive out from Tampa. And so we have, you know, a church there. Yeah. And so we just needed a lead pastor and somebody that could pastor that community. We've had city groups there for the last three years uh, that meet there with the people that drive from out there. And so, uh, so for us, it was, man, I, I want people. One of my, I think the video thing is great. And I think it works for some people. For, for me personally, it was, man, we can raise up leaders in every other area. Right. Why can't we do it in preaching? Sure. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and so, exactly. so for us, um, you know, it'll be live preaching. It'll be, um, you know, live worship, live everything. Um, and that lead pastor will be kind of leading that congregation, but it'll carry the spirit and the culture um, of what Grace City is and what makes Grace, Grace City unique. And you're planning to launch this fall? Yeah, this fall. This yep, fall. yep, September. Okay. So we're, we've kind of started. Uh, we're looking for a building right now. So it's kind of fun because yeah. we're back in that church planting right, grind. Right. And yeah. so I just love that ground floor stuff. And, and so we're kind of back in, in that space and we'll launch in September and we've started interest meetings and things of that nature. What, uh, for you, what does, uh, 
uh, as you as you prepare to launch for this, what what does the process of finding the right kind of talent hmm. look like for you? Yeah, for us, a lot of it is from within. Okay. Um, a lot of it is, and by within, we either mean a somebody that's literally in our world right now on our staff, or b a relational connection, right? You know, you and I, right? You know, right. I came out here because I trusted you when you got the job at SEU and invited us out. There was mutual trust sure. and that allowed us to do what we yeah. did. Um, and so there's got to be some, for me, some relational component. Uh, um, that's why we don't post jobs online. We don't, it, we just don't because um, for us, um, we're pretty inbred, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and so it's just kind of how we are. So, so I'm looking for a few things. One is um, I'm looking for, you know, are, are you our spirit? Are you our culture? Um, you know, and so that plays out in things like kindness. That's a huge deal to us. Are you a hard worker? Um, you know, uh, and uh, do you have a call to ministry? All those types of things are things you're looking for. Uh, and so, but for us, a lot of times, honestly, it's just from within. So sure. it's somebody that I've observed over the years of going. Yep, that person has something on their life, and they would fit into the scheme of what we're trying to do. How can um, how can leaders be more intentional about developing relationships? Mm. Because that is that is so important, especially why while balancing the grind of leadership. Yep. How, how do you do that? Yeah, the biggest thing is the question I get asked the most. I love our team, love our staff. We have a great staff culture. Probably the question I get asked the most is, "Man, how do you create that?" And and the answer is not fun, right? Because the real answer is. Um, Chase Wagner, our worship pastor, who I know you just had on. Um, uh, so what I would tell people is find a guy that's 17 years old hmm. yeah. and, and pay attention to what I call the divine light. Sure. So there are times where I'm preaching on our platform and I notice a guy that has been coming to our church for a couple, but I don't know his name. I, there's just a divine light. All of us have interactions with people and we go, I don't know what it is, but there's something on that young person or there's something on that person. And I pay. I try to pay attention to that. And when that happens, I'll get off our platform and make a beeline to that person mm. and go, "Hey, let's get coffee." I, I, yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do, uh, but let's but let's get coffee. So so the reality is, you start investing into a chase at 17. Well, now he's 31. Right, right. And he's one of the best worship leaders in yeah. the United States of America. It's like, and so that's not a sexy answer, but it's. Start investing in those right. 18, 19, 20-year-olds now the same way that you and I are having coffee when yeah. I'm 21 years old. Yeah. And and then you got to reap the benefit. Sure. And you weren't sitting there going, well, someday this guy's going to work for me. Right. But that's what happened. Right. And so so I, I, I just think, man, lean into people. And Jesus tells this parable of you know scattering seed. Well, what's interesting is only 25% of the seed that he says produces fruit. Yeah, yeah. So the way I figure is the more seed I scatter... Yeah. the more fruit I'm going to have. Exactly. And so I think people wait too long to try to have a high win percentage. Yeah. I don't care about my win, because at the end of the day, my win per, if my win percentage is going to be 25% no matter what, right. then I just got to scatter as much seed as possible. Yeah. So I think that's the ticket, I think, of, of building into people. Yeah, so good. And I, I remember the first time we we actually met, I came to your basketball game, yep. and I think right after the game, you made a mad dash across the court, and yep. and from that point on, we, we started building a great friendship yep. and, and relationship, and that is so, so important. But yeah, taking taking time to look and discern mm-hmm. for, for what God is doing in, in young lives yep. that you can then channel yeah. uh, in a specific way. And I think that's so, so important. Now with growth, always, uh, you know, growth comes with uh, uh, some growing pains. Yep. Anytime we launch something new, we're bound to face, you know, some difficulties, but uh, our response to those challenges actually, it really is what defines us, so what true. what makes us. So talk to me about some of the difficulties you have faced. Um, 
in your ministry and, and how have you overcome them? Yeah. Man, uh, I faced a bunch. Um, but a, a couple of those things is anytime you're in leadership, uh, you are a bullseye for criticism. Right, right. It's just, it's the nature of it. And I think that's why I'm always shocked sometimes when leaders are surprised yeah, by that. It's, exactly. it's, it's just, uh, it just comes uh, with it. It's a part of it. Um, what I encourage leaders to do, in fact, this was really critical in this last year with everything we were facing. Because, I mean, you had to make big decisions. I had to make big decisions. And it was like, no matter what you did, 50% of right. your population was upset. Yeah. It's just no matter what you did. So you just have to have a conviction about you. Right. So I think the thing that I've learned and the challenge was, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we're just listening to whatever way the wind blows instead of just really getting in the presence of God and seeking wise counsel. And then you just have to make decisions. Right. And then you have to live with the consequences either way. And I think for me early on, and, and even sometimes now, you, you, you find yourself listening to the voices on social media. You find yourself listening to, to the whims. And, and oftentimes when you make decisions like that, you just don't make decisions out of conviction. Right. And, and, and you make this decision and then you find yourself second guessing yourself where when you do the due diligence, get with wise people and then make the best decision you can and then let the chips fall where they fall. I think that's, th those have been some leadership challenges, I think, especially over the last year, but, but really, you know, since I've been in leadership. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure we have someone listening right now who is navigating a challenge yep. uh, and it might seem overwhel overwhelming to them, might seem daunting to them. What would be your first piece of advice immediately to do? Yeah, um, just be faithful in who God's called you to be. Yeah, and, and um, because at the end of the day, um, this stuff plays out over time. Right. And so there's been times where I've been criticized and or or people have doubted or whatever the case may be, but it just plays out over time. It's a long game, and I think I think just just stay consistent. What I found about this, and I know you have too, that this race does not go to the most talented. It just goes to who's still standing right, in right. ten years, in twenty yeah. years, in thirty years. Right. And uh, and so I'm just trying to stay standing yeah. and be consistent. I, I think I think consistency is a huge part of it. I think. People that follow you will overlook your leadership inadequacies as long as you're consistent. Right. What I found is con consistency is key. Um, you know, I have ticks. I have leadership things that I'm sure my staff, you know, make fun of. And oh, every time he does it, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's the same stuff that they knew what frustrated me seven years ago right. is the same stuff that frustrates me today. And so I just, I don't try to provide perfection. I try to provide consistency. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, so just be consistent and watch it play out over the long haul. Yeah, that's good. I want to talk to you uh, now about how you manage your own schedule. Hmm. Uh, being a, a, a husband and a father now, mm -hmm. um, a pastor, there's a, I mean, there's a lot on, on your plate. And recently we've, you know, we, we're human. So we, we've seen a, a, a lot of, you know, moral failures, a lot of yep. different things totally. that, that happen. And, and, uh, and we have to protect the, the, the sacred things. Yep. And again, we're human. So no we, we face a lot of, of the challenges and issues. But how do you, in a healthy way, manage ministry and, and family balance? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think for me is 
actually, I don't really separate the two. My ministry is family, family is ministry. Um, uh, but what I do is I try to have a calendar and a schedule that allows for rhythm. Mm. I think we're just created for rhythm. And so, um, so, and I've had some like mentors in my life that have really set me free. So for example, I, I, I'm a younger leader, but I'm kind of more old school. So like I, on Monday morning, for example, um, I try to be the first one into the office because I want them to, hey, I preached all day yesterday and I <laughs> probably worked harder yep. than anybody. And, I, sure. and I'm here before all of you, you know. And and, um, and so what's funny is that you know Pastor Chris Hodges, I, I remember him saying one time, he goes, "Man, um, uh, you need a study day where you don't come in the office because you know when you're trying to prep a message in the office." It's just, it's not right. effective. And for me, that was hard because I felt like I want my staff to know, hey, if I'm not here, I'm not at home playing Xbox. Like, it's, yeah. it's right. like, right. and so some of that is just getting over like your own thing on the inside. Because a lot of times that's why we don't manage our schedule well, because we just feel bad. Yeah. At least that's been my thing at times is I just feel bad. But then I had this kind of thing flip in my head to go, the best thing I can give my church, the best thing I can give my family is a healthy me. Yeah. The healthiest version of me is the best thing I can give to all these people. Uh, and so, so for me, I, I changed my schedule to where I, uh, Mondays are my staff days, Tuesdays are my study days. I don't come in. Wednesdays and Thursdays, I, I meet and, and you know kind of do a lot of stuff. And then Fridays are my Sabbath days, complete Sabbath, like you know nobody can reach me. And then Saturday by Saturday by about four o'clock, five o'clock, I start getting you know in the groove for for Sunday, for Sunday. and all day. Before that, Saturday is just family day and just hanging out with my family. And I think stuff can always come up. And I think you, you got to guard those things yeah. really intentionally. And what frustrates me sometimes is um, when there's leaders that um, get burned out, but they were the ones that were the master of their calendar. Sure. So sure. that so that it like frustrates me because I'm like this like you put yourself here yeah. is, is you know through your your calendar and through how you did that so I think for me it's just you got to have a rhythm when do you yeah. work out what, you know when are those off days when are you not looking at your email um, don't wake up and look at Instagram first thing it's just you got to have a rhythm to yeah. life and and that's gonna be a little different based on people's personality but I think for me rhythm's been the key yeah. to make me feel fresh but but let me ask you 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 mentioned burnout what I mean what do you do to have fun that to avoid that yes. that element because if you have a routine I mean it can get it can get routineish yeah, and, yeah, and so how do you yeah how do you how do you avoid the burnout of it one of it is just a general theme of your life is don't take yourself too seriously generally speaking yeah just i think i think guys guys and gals get burnt out cuz it just Everything's right, right. serious. serious. Everything's yeah. so serious. Yeah. And and I think you just got to laugh at yourself. You got to not take yourself too seriously in general. And then um, I think the reality is, is you can't meet every need. Right. You, right. you, you just can't. Like, it's interesting. Jesus uh, said that it is finished, right? He's dying on the cross and he says, it is finished. There were still hungry people. There were still people that needed to be healed. healed. There right. were still... But what, what, what's Jesus saying? My assignment is finished. So if Jesus couldn't meet every need, I can't meet every need. Yeah. And so, uh, so I think that's just letting yourself off the hook a little bit, um, you know, and, and, and not allowing yourself to go down and think you have to meet um, yeah. every need. One more question before we move into our fire round. This has been a great conversation. So appreciate you coming in and, and sharing with us. But what would you say to someone right now who, who feels like maybe they're putting family on the back burner for ministry? Mm. What do you say? You'll regret it. Yeah. You'll regret it. Um, uh, what good is it? What, what good is it to gain the whole world? Yeah. 
and yet forfeit your soul. Right. And I think all of us have had seasons, you know, me and Christina have had, had seasons and moments where I felt like I was crushing at work, mm. but me and Christina were missing each other. And it's not fun. Right. And you go home and you're walking on eggshells and, it's, and, and you can't even enjoy crushing at work mm. in the same way that you could if you were on the same page. Conversely, we've had seasons where it was crazy in our work life or, or you know, things going on with our family, but we were good. And so it was good. Right. And so, so for me, it's just, I just always go back to that verse. What good is it to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul? I believe your home is kind of a huge part of your soul health. And so for me, I'd say, man, do whatever you have to do. Um, and, and, and what I found to be true is I don't see that much of a difference as far as like fruitfulness from people whose family are on the back burner mm. and families aren't. I, I actually don't see a, a, a difference. You know, there are some people that their families are on the back burner and they're still not growing. Mm. And there's yeah. people that, whose family are on the back burner and they're... And, so, right. so, so there's no correlation. Right. So if there's no correlation, yeah. what am I doing? Right. And so, so I, I think, you know, man, make that adjustment as quickly as possible. Um, and then it will make those wins at work feel yeah. even better and you'll actually really be able to, to appreciate it and enjoy yeah. it. Speaking of family, how's how's the twins? Oh, and, they're doing yeah. so good. So yeah, Justice and Adriana. They're, it's crazy. They're almost two and a half. Wow. And uh, and so they're doing great. We're having the time of our life. And you know, you guys, you know, would pray for us. You guys sure, have been a part absolutely. of our journey. Of you know, we were almost ten years of infertility, and yeah. and and we got twins, and um, we call it our Bogo. Yeah. Uh, buy one get one. And so uh, that's <laughs> so great. That was, uh, so just unbelievable. And uh, being a dad is is just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's the greatest thing. Yeah, ever. it's always a privilege and honor to be a dad. That's yep. for sure. Yep. Well, as we close our conversation, we always like to do the quick fire round and, and ask a few questions that uh, a little bit about what we've already discussed, but uh, but maybe give some gut level uh, answers to them real quick. I'll ask you about three or four. First one is, what's the secret sauce to building culture? Uh, you have to be the culture. Mm. Yeah. Everybody wants a great culture, but if you're not it, it right. um, then it won't matter. You get the culture. You are not the one you want. Yeah. How do you develop and share vision with your team? Constantly, mm. every day, walks to the car. I, I, I'm I'm famous for hey walk. I'm leaving. Walk with me to the car. Yeah, boom boom. Just always we call it constant coaching. So it's just real time coaching. Oftentimes, what could be solved in a five minute walk to the car, we don't address. And so six months later, it's a two hour Starbucks conversation with one of your staff. Yeah. So yeah. And and final question: What are some things you do to grow personally? Be around people that are better than me. Mm, Just con- constantly be around people that are better at my craft than I am. And then all of a sudden you look back after hanging out with people like that for a year or two years or five years and you go, yeah. I've gotten better. Yeah. Just by being around people that are better. That's so good. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining me today on, on Framework Leadership sure, Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a privilege to, to hang with you and, and just uh, always learn and grow. I'm grateful for the insight you provided uh, everyone listening in today. If you want to stay up to date with Andrew, you can follow him on Instagram, Andrew Garb. For more leadership content, check, check us out on Instagram, Ken underscore Engel, or Twitter at, at Ken Engel. You can l- visit our website, KenEngel.com. But hey, thanks for listening to Framework Leadership. Oh, you have a great day. Thanks for having me.